Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? 
Hello, Korea. Great. It was good to have you on the show this morning. Look, we were having some challenges this morning, but I'm so glad you hung in there with us, and we're going to have a great show. So tell me, ladies and gentlemen, you are going to be so, so honored that we have this awesome woman of God business strategist on the line this morning. Uh, she is absolutely going to share with us a wealth of information this morning. Um, she Not only is she a business strategist, she's an entrepreneur, mentor, evangelist, and she does it all. So we're talking about women in ministry today. We're talking about faith today. So we are just going to go ahead and jump in. Shuria, thank you so glad for being with us this morning. Well, thank you. I just want to say thank you for extending the invitation. I, I'm very happy to be here. Well, you know what? I really appreciate you being here. I, I needed to get all of what you do out to all of my listeners because you have been absolutely fabulous and what you've done and how you've mentored me in just a short time and how things are just catapulting into a new dimension. But we, I want to talk about some things. Um, I am a part of your network, SheSource. It is one of the most uh, fabulous, upcoming, growing uh, women's network across the U.S. I think you have, you're even international, isn't that correct? Well, yes. Well, in terms of my speaking, yes, where I do conferences international, but I do have a network in Puerto Rico, which is still it's part of a U.S. territory. Awesome. So you're an international speaker, and you have a far-reaching network into the Carolinas, now California, Puerto Rico, um, and abroad. So let's talk about SheSource. You know, I know that um, you shared with me, but share with others why you decided to put SheSource in action. Well, first, I'll talk a little bit about who we are. SheSource is threefold. Where we'll start at the the basic level, SheSource is what I like to say, where lives are empowered and great friendships are created. We are a professional women's network where we help women fulfill their dreams of owning their own business or turning a hobby into a revenue generator. What makes us pretty unique is we are we are committed to collaborating, coming together, and to form strong alliances to guarantee the success of each woman's business and their endeavor and to pour into each other. And the reason why we both cater to the businesswoman, the career woman, and the hobbyist is because there should be growth in all that we do and say. There should also, you know, everybody don't want to necessarily own their business, but every woman has a purpose, a gift, a talent, an ability, and a skill that they can use or are willing to use to even supplement their income or add additional revenue, add another revenue stream into their income. So that's what the Professional Development Network is. And so right now I am excited to say that we have networks in throughout the New York City region. We're in North Carolina. We have a network in South Carolina. We just formed a new one in Maryland, which I'm, I'm excited about. 
We have you in California, which you're doing great things, and we're looking for great things to happen within your network. And then we also have Puerto Rico. And that's that's the first part. So once again, if you don't remember anything else, just know that we are committed to forming collaborations because we are each other's keeper and we want to pour into each other's success and we want to build those strong alliances and ensure that you get customers and that your business and what it is that you do, that it grows. And so the next component of She Source, the second piece is we are we, we have to duplicate ourselves, right? We want to pour everything out. And so we are committed also to building a lasting legacy. And the way we do that is to pour into the generation after us. And so we have a group called Say, S-S-A-Y, and it stands for She Soars Above Youth. And it's the acronym is Say because we want each young girl to have a voice to have their say. And the overarching theme for this program, we're in group homes and we all we, we work with the education system, we're in middle schools and in high schools. We want young women to be intentional about the choices they make, Dawn, and we also want them to be intentional about the relationships that they build. And we feel that if they can master this, especially at that crucial turning point at 11, 12, 13, then they will be, you know, it will help with the relationships and the friendships that they develop at an early age. They'll know if they're, they won't succumb to peer pressure. They'll learn and be empowered to know who's for them, who's against them. And this, these skills, these life skills will help them going to college. When they, you know, when they go to college, it would also help, when they go into business and establish their careers and how they network and how they form, you know, other alliances and collaborate with other people, and this will be extremely helpful. And lastly, number three, so now we talked about the business portion of it and connecting, and we talked about the legacy part in terms of leaving something behind for the next generation. And then the third part, which is near and dear to my heart, is that we are a women that is committed to service, and we have a group, an organization called Cast Your Pearls. And Cast Your Pearls is the philanthropic component where we honor cancer survivors and extraordinary caregivers. We are so thrilled, Dawn, you know, about this piece. One of the main things is that we want to raise awareness for young women who have cancer, dealing with cancer and pregnancy, because that's very rare, it's a very rare occurrence. However, we have an annual event where we honor, we look at all cancers and we honor survivors and caregivers. And we That's are fantastic. women and women. So, yes. Wow, wow. That is absolutely awesome. Well, you know, I know when you first told me the story, you know, about your testimony and the situation of, you know, I made up my mind, I keep it my baby, it blew me away. I was like, I couldn't move. I was so um, uh entrenched in this story because it was just so powerful to me. And yet, and yet, and I don't want to necessarily transition yet, but I'm going to sort of transition. You, at 29 years old, were able to make that declaration 
in faith, and yet you have people who've been in the Lord since they were knee-high to a grasshopper. They're, they're 40, 50 years old that can't even have the faith to live holy. They don't have the faith for their business. How did you do it, Sharia? What, 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 how did you do it? Well, first, I would like to say that all that we do, all that we say, how we live, the things that we're hoping and believing God for, that it's all according to our measure of faith. And I do want you to know, and I want the listeners to know that I'm not a superhuman. I'm not, I'm only human, and it, it took much prayer. And I think um, the only thing I could say that it, it only God helped. It was only God that helped me make that decision. Just for for the audience, at the age of 29, I was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer that spread it to my lymph nodes. And after having CAT scans and brain scans, bone scans, all types of MRIs, and then I even had six and a half hours of surgery, when I was kind of like just in prayer and prayer and prayer, like God showed me, like I had a, I had a peace. And I had a peace. I developed a peace. God gave me a peace that everything would be okay. However, he did not reveal to me. I didn't know what my process would be. So throughout that whole time, I started praying and asking other people to touch and agree that I have mountain-moving faith. I was praying for mountain-moving faith. I was even asking people to pray that I would have unwavering faith, that I would not doubt and I would not falter. I This was my request, and this is a request that I put out to everyone who said, how can I pray for you, or I'm praying. When they would say, I'm praying for you, I, I would specifically say, these are the things that I need you to pray for. And I I didn't know what my process would be. So, you know, the natural process with cancer, you know, it's chemotherapy, it's radiation, you know, rounds of, you know, all these toxins mm-hmm. that the doctors propose. And when it was time for me to go in to get my port so I can start my chemotherapy, Mm-hmm. That's when we found out. I didn't know the doctors didn't know that I was only two, two and a half weeks pregnant. And wow. But everyone, because now they can't treat me and and with unless I terminate it. And I knew that it was something serious when my doctor started to cry. And she looked at me and said, Sharia, I'm Catholic. She said, and we don't believe, you know, in terminating pregnancies. She said, but mm-hmm. as a Doctor in a cancer center, I've seen too much. And she looked at me and she said, you cannot, you cannot have this baby. We don't even believe that you're going to live through the pregnancy. And mm. all I doing, I'm, I'm human. I, I, um, I could cry. All I did was cry. But then it's like something was in my mind, you know, like sometimes things play trick on you and it's like the trick of the enemy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's one of those like, now what are you going to do? Are you going to, mm-hmm. you know, terminate this pregnancy to save your life? And I just asked them one simple question. So it wasn't that it was the faith thing and it wasn't that I didn't think about it. You know what I mean? In my humanness. Mm-hmm. But I asked my doctor, 
I said, if I was to terminate my pregnancy, can you guarantee me life? And mm. she looked at me and no. And at that point, Dawn, I said, well, then why should I kill my baby? If if we both end up dying, then I'd rather for her to live. And I need mm-hmm. to go back to the Alpha and Omega, the, the author and the finisher of my faith, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Because now, since you can't give me any guarantees, then I know I need to go back to the one that holds all power in his hands. Mm-hmm. And I stepped away, and um, I denied treatment. Well, actually, they wouldn't treat me in my first trimester. And so at that point, going back to your question, um, everything is core according to our measure of faith. But at that point, I continued to pray that I don't waver, that my decision, that it wouldn't change. And we have to trust God. We have to tr- really, really trust him. And even when it comes to our work, our, you know, what it is that we do, God has equipped us. He equipped us with these things, and He equipped us with purpose. Then mm-hmm. we got to, as long as we just walk with Him, we walk right. with Him. He'll lead us. Sometimes we can't handle it all at the same time, so we got to right. trust. He's going to show up on, you know, He's going to show up one time, and that's another reason why I'm just reiterating why Castro Pearls was born. Because when I look at the pearl. You have, you know, for all, you know, those of us who know, just in layman terms, you have an oyster in the ocean and you have this parasite or this sand that comes in to invade the body, to destroy it. And instead of destroying it, it goes through this process where it envelops itself around it. And what came into this body, into this oyster, into this shell to destroy it, out come this precious, most valuable pearl, this jewel. And who would have thought, who would have thought that a tragedy would turn into a triumph? Who would think from being a victim to victorious? Who would have thought that, you know, like your favorite line, that you could turn your misery into your message? And my Mm -hmm. thing is, I know that it's possible, not only because I lived it, but because I lived it, the word says that he would even turn your bad into good, which means that when it's messing, God said, I will take that and turn it into a blessing. Who would think that something that came in to destroy that or even something that entered in my body, even others, that that came in to destroy it, that out came a blessing. And so God bless me. Not only has, is my body healed and I don't have cancer, my daughter was born without any abnormalities. She was born with no birth defects, and my daughter is 12 years old. She would be 13. And when I say God is a wonder, he's a wonder, he is a wonder. And so yes. now, thing is, just to go back to your question, Dawn, it's about where it goes back to people's measure of faith. When we look into his word, when that Red Sea was parted, when he told Moses to stretch out his hand, that mm-hmm. wasn't a fable. <laughs> See, sometimes right. it's taking it at taking God at his word, looking at his word, mm-hmm. studying his word, because these are not childhood stories. These are not fables. Right. These are not fairy tales. These are not Cinderella Disney stories, you know, right. like, oh, 
the after. The Red Sea truly did part. And not and just to think that wasn't the only miracle. Not only did it part, but they walked on dry ground. You yeah. know when when it finished raining, it's still muddy and the, gra- yeah. the grass is still wet and slippery. No, yeah. not only part the Red Sea, he dried the ground so that they wouldn't be walking and get stuck in mud and that their trans you know, and that their yes. travel would be would be easy. So it really goes back to taking God at his word. And I do believe in my hearts of hearts that as much as there are people that may waver in their humanness, there are a group of people that is holding up the banner that say, God, I trust you. God, I yes. believe you. Holding up the bloodstained banner. You know, I'm taking you at your word. I'm looking for yes. my next assignment and what it is that you, you know, what it is that you want me to do and what it is yes. that you call, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. You know, I think it goes on to a couple things that I want to tap into what you were saying. Sure. If I can keep it on my head right now. You know, I think it's also tapping into God. It's making a decision that at the end of the day, God is God. And whether I get it or don't get it, he's still God. And it's just putting that trust in who he is and what he said he can. Because there have been days where I look at the word and it's like, yeah, I don't see how that's going to work. But as long as I know that he is still God and he is still on the throne, that I know that it has to work because he's not a man that he should lie, nor a man that he should have to repent. So uh-huh. at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I believe. It it matters what he said, and am I going to do what you just said, take him as his at his word. But you talked about a measure of faith. So let's kind of talk about that measure of faith in two areas. One, how we live. Two, in how we do business. Because you are an absolutely phenomenal businesswoman. And yet you do business, you do God, you don't apologize for it, and yet you do it with, a, with, with integrity. You do it with honesty. You do it with uh, power and authority. You do it without being a wimp. You do it without taking any crap. And yet um, your testimony of being a woman of God, of being an evangelist, is still there. So how do you uh, interject that? And then even with She Source, you know, we don't broadcast that we're a faith-based Christian organization. We don't do that because we take all people from all well, all women from all walks of life, and um, we encourage them and help them in business to grow, to uh, to build it up. But how do you do it? I mean, how do you balance those two aspects of your life, or is it just a part of who you are? It, it's funny because I I think you hit the hammer on the nail, Dawn. It's just who I am. These these are the things that's in me, that's inside of me. This is what I love. This is what I know that I've been called to do when it comes to women's ministry, when it comes to business, and even when it comes to how how I live, going back to our measure of faith. You know, our trials <clears throat> and trials and challenges 
they all come to make us stronger. And although we hear the line, you know, we know the word that God don't put on us more than we can bear. He knows what we can bear. We don't know what we can bear. Somebody would have asked me, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. At the age of twenty years old, twenty one, what I what if oh somebody would have told me this about somebody else's story about what I went through at the age of twenty nine. Um, I don't think in my natural mind that I'm like, oh God, I can't go through anything like that, and I wouldn't wish anyone to have to be faced with the decision to decide between their own mortality and you know and someone and someone else's, but. Mm-hmm. These tests are really for us to show us how strong we are and what it is that we can go through as long as we continue to hold on to God's hand, to hold on to his word and to trust and believe him. But going to dealing with the business, this is just who we are. So when it comes to balance, I I understand, and it's something I also had to learn, that we as women, we can have it all. But I'm a firm believer that not all at the same time. That thing ah. comes in phases. For for instance, I, I tell everyone, you know, you gave me a lovely, lovely, lovely introduction, evangelist, teacher, you know, con- international conference leader, all those things. I was sitting on the side going, wow, wow, wow. Ooh, that woman, she does sound amazing. I do mm-hmm. want you to know that at the end of the day, my first ministry and the one that is most important to me is the role that I have of mother and me being a wife. When I put my keys in the door, all those external titles, they all drop off. They they don't even cross the threshold because I know in my first ministry, you know, being a mother to my children and, you know, a wife, that I'm, I'm shaped, God has entrusted me to shape a nation, that if I mm-hmm. do yes. my job, you know, as a mother, you know, as a mother, that I would, my husband and I rather, that we would raise children that would affect, positively affect a nation just Mm -hmm. in, with them as individuals. And even with my husband, who is an awesome, awesome, awesome man in the Lord, I know that, you know, I am a help me, but I don't want to mess over the man of God, and I don't want the man of God messing over me. And so mm-hmm. we are there as each other protection and covering. He is the head, and I have no problems. I don't have any problems with that because when the husband gives you the security, the protection, the commitment, and the discipline, and the loyalty that you need, then you could just relax and put your feet up and say, oh, yeah, he got this. And so I yes, don't have to yes. come in my house and strut and re-remind my husband all the things that I am and all the things that I accomplished. Because you know what? He support me in all those things. And because he has given me the security, you know what I mean, the comfort mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I needed, it frees me to actually yes. go out those things. And so that's why. And so I even say to if there's women on the line that's challenged, and even men that's challenged in those areas in their relationship to even pray about those things because we're so much better together. We can do so much. Marriage mm-hmm. is ministry. Mm-hmm. And you know, one could take 2,000, but two could put 10,000. 10,000 is like, yes. 
we we know in the world where they talk about compound interest. So take 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 that one. You know, in terms of what it is that we're capable of doing when we do it together, coming together in prayer. And so, um, going back to the business in Dawn, is is not about even like she soars being faith based. This is who I am. So if if I am a woman of God, I don't need to say that because I right. you know walk in a level of integrity. And mm-hmm. because you know we are women, we sure we're sure who we are. That is why I'm so committed to collaborating and building strong alliances. That is why I also say not only come in and join She Soars, come in as a member, join our connection. I even say I I took it a step further, and I said, if you don't have a connection in your city or in your town to start one, and when I say start one, I am so sure in what it is that God has given me to do that I don't hold anything close to the vest. And I am, I'm the first partaker of the word, and I am committed to pouring out. So when a woman calls me up and say, I want to start a network, a connection, a chapter in a branch in my city, when she comes in, I give her the blueprint. I give mm-hmm. her the business plan on the foundation of she source how to start a network, how to grow a network. And she will have full access to me because I don't. there's no competition here. There's, when we realize that there's nothing new under the sun and God has made room for each and every one of us, then, then we'll be more open, more open to share. And so I share first. And even with becoming a part of the membership, my thing is I practically give everything away because I feel that as a woman is starting up her business, when she's made a decision to make a career change, when, you know, and some of these things are costly. I don't think that they, you know, have to join and tap into organizations that's going to be extremely expensive. I don't think that it should break the bank on top of everything else that they're doing. And so I'm committed to that, and I trust as I sow into their lives that I know that God will allow me to reap rewards in so many other areas, and not even financially, I'm talking about health, life, my family, my children, everything. So I I am a firm believer of sowing into sowing to other people's dreams. Well, you do an absolutely great job. I mean, I know that in the uh, the time that I've known you, and it's going so fast, how you have literally taken me from uh, a, a, you know, what I was doing and expanded it and taken some other things and even given them life. You know, so I'm encouraging everyone, every, everyone, Go on to the she source www dot com. Take a look, join. It is definitely a blessing, and you know we we're gonna uh, transition. But before we do, you know um, we have a big, big uh, event coming up next year, don't we, Sharia? 
Yes, we do. We actually have two. We have one coming up next month, and we have a huge one coming up yes. next year that I'm excited about. And so in August, for those who's going to be in the New York City region, we're having our annual Cast Your Pearls philanthropic event where we're honoring cancer survivors and extraordinary caregivers. I am so excited. It's going to be phenomenal. I love to give back even to those caregivers who I feel, besides the the unconditional love that a mother has for their child, that this is also Christ-like love on display where you have people giving of themselves unselfishly and revolving their life and their time around a loved one to usher them back to health, and most people flock back to the loved ones, but they don't turn around and tell the caregiver thank you. So this is my way of casting my pearls, you know, for us to cast our pearls on these survivors, cast our pearls on these caregivers. is on August 8th in New York City. You can go to the website and events and find out more information and then for next year um look out for the notices we are excited that we are having yes. our annual first annual she soars expo and symposium in yes. san diego yes. california um look out for the notices please go to she com s h e S-O-A-R-S dot com. Just put in, like, your email address if you want to stay abreast on notices and on events that we're having. And we're going to have workshops, conferences. We have exhibitors there. We're just excited, excited. We're going to just about what it is that we're planning for for the San Diego Expo. You ladies are in for a treat. And, we know, we also have men that support our endeavors, men, if you have products and services that you believe that the women professionals and entrepreneurs are interested in, just send us an email, connect with us on the website, and consider being an exhibitor or a vendor and or even in a, a presenter. So we, um, we're definitely taking, taking requests at this time. And and ladies and gentlemen, you know, again, we really believe, and the reason that I wanted uh, Sharia to be on today is because, again, we care about the total woman. We care about mind, soul, I'm sorry, uh, body, soul, and spirit. We need you to connect with your spirit, man, the energy that gives you life and gives you life more abundantly. You know, we can't have life outside of God. If you've heard anything that anything that Sharia has said just so far this morning, and we still have a little time left, you know, just because a bad thing happens in your life doesn't mean that you can't trust God. There was a fall. It happened in the garden, and things got messed up. So whenever you want to understand what happened that's bad, look at what happened in the garden. But there's been a change. There's been a shift. And that shift is Jesus. So at the end of the day, God ultimately just wants us to submit everything to him, good, bad, and otherwise. Our business, our mind, our body, soul, spirit, everything gets submitted to him. And then he grooms it and he forms it and he, like clay, molds it so that we can go through that process and end up like pure gold 
And like Sharia said, with a, with a measure of faith. But that measure of faith does not mean that you're stuck where you are. It doesn't mean that you can never have more. It means that where you are at that time, we grow. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And this goes for your business as well. God has put something in each and every one of you. Each and every one of you is special. God says that he gives us witty inventions. There's a number of scriptures in the word of God that talk about the ideas and the investment that he expects us to do something with, the story of the talent, the story of those working for wages, um, just to name a few. So, Sharia, as we kind of begin to go into a business and we understand, you know, who she stories is, we kind of get, we understand who you are. What do you think are some of the challenges that are facing women today as they step out? Are they too scared? Have they got caught up in this wrong mentality? I mean, what do you think it is? And I'm a double barrel, double barrel you because you mentioned something, and I want to share this about uh, she sort also. Should I be afraid? You're gonna double barrel me? Go ahead. I know, right? I'm a double barrel you, Sharia. You know, but you know. A lot of times you join these uh, network groups and they limit you. Oh, we only want so many of this person. Oh, we want so many of that person in. And, and if you, if we already have five, you know, you know makeup people, we're not going to let any more in. And we don't do that in SheSource because we know that every woman is unique and every woman has something to offer. So my question is, two questions are this. Number one. What is holding women back? Number two, why is it that you think and or believe women have a hard time working together? Oh boy, let's see. I know, I'm gonna, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's very that's very loaded, and I do want to say that, and it's also, and, and we're speaking in general general terms. You know, yes. I often hear that, you know, this is the case. You know, women have, I'll start backwards, um, have a hard time working with each other. I, you know, growing up as a young girl, I always had a difficult time with that statement. Maybe one, because I am an encourager, supporter. I'm, I am an extrovert. I am a lover <clears throat> a lover of people, and because I've always been in women's ministry and I've always gone out of my way, even as a young girl, to extend myself to others, go out of my way to make people feel comfortable, even when I saw that there were some challenges that I went the extra mile to show myself friendly, let's say, and put myself out there, out there first. And I think you know, when you hear the words going out, you hear stuff like, oh, they're competitive, or sometimes it can be judgmental. But I think it all boils down, for some, it all boils down to insecurities. And whenever we have insecurities, that that is a sure tell sign that we are faced with an identity crisis. An identity crisis of not being sure and confident in who we are and who it is that we belong to. 
And even, like, a couple of years ago before, you know, even President Obama came into office and our economy tanked, a lot of women, people in general, but we're talking about women right now, was faced with an identity crisis because usually Mm -hmm. when you go to networking sessions, Women tell you who they are, what school they go to, how much, you know, they it becomes a status thing. But with the economy tank, it stripped a lot of people of all things, it made them jobless. They were broke, um, which you're having to start all over. And the question is, who are you? Who are you mm-hmm. without that title, without those accolades, those degrees or whatever? Because if I have none of those things, my identity is not those things that are that take with me. Identity and our identity should be tied to who we belong to. I am a woman of God. I'm a child of God. I'm part of the you know I'm part of a chosen generation and a royal right. priest. And I'm wonderfully made, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And I know that if I ask, if I seek, I shall find. I ask, it shall be given. And if I knock, the door shall be opened. If I speak to this mountain, it shall be moved. You know, and so those are the things that rest in my bosom because that's what my father told me. But so I can, like, right. you know, hang my hat on that. And so, really, what happens is. It, it it goes into those when they're competitive and judgmental and all those things is because of where those insecurities lie. They have identity crisis. It's really what they're identifying with. And so when you hold off, hold on to something and you don't want to share and you figure you have to compete. So because I know where my identity lies, and for there's billions of others who know where their identity lies, then you find that they don't possess that. For instance, like I understand, and even once I remember years, years ago, I almost got discouraged, you know, about doing this whole thing. And it's like i not going into the whole story, but the bottom line, what it all came back to in prayer was there are about 6 billion people on this earth. There is no way that she stores my network by itself, even with the networks that are growing in other states can service all 6 billion people. So I can collaborate with the other women's association, the other women network, the other from that, that are other businesses, because each one of us are unique. And each one of us have a competitive edge, and each one of us has a differential advantage that together. So, you know, the customers and clients you may appeal to, someone else may go appeal to someone else. But as long as we're working under the same goal to raise a nation to help uplift uplift people, then we are making an impact on society, and we're also making an impact globally. But back to your question, I also think that's also the thing that's holding women back. Some of it is fear, too. Some of it is fear, not, um, you know, fear of moving forward, doubting, being unsure, needing validation. And all of this still rolls back to the insecurity, the identity crisis, because mm-hmm. where their identity lies. And it's not in things, it's not in self. And so they're going to always have those things in self. They're going to always find themselves fighting against themselves and fighting yeah. against each other. 
My identity is in self, and their identity is not in Christ. My identity is in Christ, so I I, I don't feel that anybody can block me. And let's say right. if something happened that I felt was a stumbling block, I, me personally, I go back to my prayer closet because, one, I have to, one, accept what God allowed, and, number two, I have to go back and say, wait a minute, God, you know, I believe you gave me this. So now you have to show me how to strategically move and where where do I supposed to go? I thought I was supposed to go this way, and now, you know, this happened or whatever. But I'm a firm believer that if it was the enemy that tried to put up that that put up that put stumbling block, that if he closed the door, that God would kick a window out of the frame and say, okay, my daughter, you go through that way, and you keep yes. going. Yes. And that's you know, it's funny that... Him. You know, it's funny that you say that because... Um, as you know, I compete in pageants, and when I competed earlier this year, uh, one of the judges asked me a question. She said, you know, you state on your information that you believe you're a conduit, you know, for women and men and men in ministry and in business to get their information through to the other side or to other people, and I said yes. And the question was what I just asked you, you know, why is it that women cannot work together? And, and I'm going to add another word work together authentically or work together genuinely, not just in surface, not just in uh, uh, what looks good on the outside, but really what you just shared, Sharia, really Uh being able to pour out into women, really being able to not walk around and to give and not be afraid. And I said to them, as quickly as the question was asked, I said, because they're broken, because they're broken. Now, most women will not admit that they're going through brokenness or a level of brokenness. We've all been broken. We've all, I'm sure even after your, your situation with, your, with the cancer and your baby, I'm sure that you went through things since then, too, that remained you, my God, what am I going through again? You know, it didn't stop then. Oh, okay, I'm going to get this one. That's my one in life. It's going to be rainbows and butterflies. From there on, but no, not life at all. is a not at all. Life is a progression of in this sinful world. Life is a progression of a process. You know, it is a process. You know, many things that are made go through a process. It doesn't just wake up one morning. A seed that's in the ground goes through a process before it is fully matured. Women, one thing that I, my heart. In, in my network is that I want to begin to educate, empower, and encourage women to be free, to be authentic, to, uh-huh. to let go of what mama did and what Ray Ray did and what your husband did. <laughs> we, the, the one thing that we do, I think, as women that I think is, you know, and I have a memory like a hawk. So what? We have a memory. Memorize yeah. what, what you went through, but go through it. Don't stay there. You know, and don't let the residue of what you've gone through keep you there. And this is how we always know. If you're a woman and or a man and you're walking around going, well, I don't need anybody. I'm fine by myself. I could do it by myself. I'm not like that. Or whatever comes out of your mouth, whatever mantra that comes out of your mouth that keeps people at bay, you're broken. You're not willing to lay down that situation and be vulnerable. Let me share this with you. If you don't sure. allow that wall to come down, if you don't take off that mask, 
You truly cannot be authentic. And if you cannot be authentic, you cannot let folks get close to you. Think of those things that are fragile. They're always locked in a case, and they can't get out. You know, nobody can touch it. Nobody can hold it. All we can do is admire it from a distance. And we don't want, we were never created to be distant. So, Sharia, I know that you have some events coming up, but if people wanted to, I mean, do you even have room in your schedule right now to begin to help women or men, you know, get to that next level? And if, I know your schedule is really busy. And if you don't, what, what tidbit, what can you give them now that will help them go from where they are to where they want to be? Well, one of the things I want to say, and I, I laugh because usually when people call me or they contact me, they always start off like, I know you're so busy. And I tell people I always have time. I find a way to make time. I'm not busy. I'm just scheduled. And so with Ooh. that being said, I may not always be able to jump to somebody's beck and call in 12 or 24 hours. But however, if you let me know what it is that you need, I'm going to make sure that I'm there to help you, whether it's ministry, whether it's your business. So no, I'm not busy, but I'm scheduled. So at times I may have to move a few things around, adjust it, you know, something that I probably allotted an hour of time for. I may have to squeeze out 30 minutes, but Either which way, I'm, I'm going to get to it, and that person will have my undivided attention, and I will be 100% present, not texting, watching television, and talking to people in the background. And so in terms of the tidbit, you actually started and you hit on two things that was near and dear to my heart. One is the word conduit. I often hear people say that they are visionaries, and I don't take anything from that. But I am not a visionary. God is my visionary. I am just a host. I am just a host and a conduit that he allowed all this creativity, ideas, businesses, finances to flow through. And since I'm a conduit and a host, that means that I can't keep it to myself. A conduit is just a pass through. And so what it is, I tell God that you can trust me with ideas. You can trust me with your finances. You can trust me with purpose and skills, talents, and abilities and ministries because since I'm just a conduit, it's going to pass through me, and I will ensure that it get to everyone, and I spread it out just like with the Great Commission to go out to teach and preach the Word of God and to infuse God, you know, infuse Christ in a culture. That's one. Mm -hmm. The second was about taking off the mask, and I'm a firm believer of that. I was, well, I still am part of a young woman, I'm chairperson of a young woman Christian council over about 15 churches, and one of the themes we had was leave your mask at the door. God is calling for true, true, true relationship building with him, ourselves, and each other. And that's really what it is. And usually when I'm, I'm meeting people, Dawn, for the first time, when mm -hmm. I introduce myself, I go, hi, how are you? My name is Sharia. And the reason why mm -hmm. that's important is because I already know we're wearing masks. I don't say evangelist. I don't say what businesses I own. Actually, I don't say none of those things never, ever. Somebody else may bring it up or I may be in a venue or at an event that calls for them to later on find out, you know, some of the things that I do. But I always introduce myself just as Sharia, this regular old woman, young lady, because 
because I know that I'm already initially just meeting the representative and most mm-hmm. of the time the real person, I need to I don't want to throw on a title uh, uh, a title or, you know, throw on something else on me where the person will have to add another layer because they think that this is the way they should behave around me. So for me, the good, bad, and the ugly, I don't care how I accept the person as they are because i rather deal with the authentic person. And we have layers and layers of masks, layers and layers of makeup. And so I need to know how far do I need to Dig. How many layers do I need to peel back till I reach the authentic person? And then the last thing is about being vulnerable. We are so afraid of being vulnerable, and I think that's actually in the right place, of course, but I think being vulnerable is actually the most, it's the strongest thing that anyone can ever do. I think that it exudes so much confidence because basically what I'm saying, Dawn, that if I'm vulnerable around you, then what I'm saying, like, this is me doing the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're going to see me in my weaknesses. You're going to see me in my strengths. You're going to see the good part about me. You're going to see the bad part about me. I'll say something funny. You'll see how my hair looks when, you know, my scarf comes off in the middle of the night. You understand what I'm saying? And so if you can still love me and accept me through then I don't have to be afraid. See, what happens to women, right. they they so far they are putting their representative out front so many times, and they do it for so long, for so many years, that then when they are afraid to show who they really are for fear that the other people may think that they are fraud or, number two, may not like them. And so with that being said, leave the masks off. Become a conduit. Yes. Become yes. everything that you was purpose to be, you know, and, and that's it. And and don't be afraid of showing showing your real self. And it's something I said somewhere else. I said, Dawn, we only get we only get one life. We only get yes. one time to do this thing. We only get one time to do this thing called life. However, if we do it right, we won't need another one. Because we did what has called us to do. We lived a life without any regrets. You know what I mean? And we respect that. We were taught to number our days. And I tell you, value your time. Respect your time and make sure others respect your time. Because the bottom line is there is nothing. I am happy that you extended this time for me. I am happy for every listener that will listen in on this, that's listening on this call now and may later listen to this call down the future. Because the bottom line is I am thankful for whatever they give to me because there's nothing that you or I could do to give them back and no amount of money that we can pay to give them back the hour that they spent. You know what I mean? To get to listen to us. I am thankful for that. But once again, we live this life once. We only got one shot at this thing called life. If we do it, we won't need another one. You know, there's a place that we want to be. And many people, especially in this day and age, identify. I say to my husband, you know, and as like you said earlier, I got to throw this in here. When you said when you we can let our husband be the head and not worry about nothing, it is free. It huh. is free. It's liberating. I, it is it liberating. Is liberating. I, I mean, if I I don't 
shoot, there's nothing I won't do for him because he will move heaven and earth for me, you know. Mm-hmm. So if, if you don't want that kind of man to move heaven and earth for you, you keep trying to be a man and do it yourself. But anyway. No, if you I don't want that kind of man, then, Dawn, you have to question whether or not if you really want to be a wife and be married because guess what? Yes. God didn't yes. call everyone to be wives, and, and that's okay. Yeah. And even in right. our we are still complete. And I have to share this with you. I was married as a young woman. So I was in my early 20s when I got married. So some of these things I had to learn, right? Trial, error, much prayer, and at seeking, asking advice, looking for wisdom. But one of the things my husband said to me as I'm moving up and doing things in my career, starting businesses, being over ministries, he looked over at me, and I think I shared this with you. He looked at me and said, Sharia, all that I do, all that I say, everything that you see me doing within the family, I mean, I mean, within my job and, you know, with work, he said, I do it for you guys. And he said, and I need you. He said, all I want to do is take care of you. But I can't take care of you if you're taking care of you. Mm. My goodness. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Ladies so and gentlemen. I can, I can do anything. I can anything, but I let my husband take care of me. Look, my husband sent me a message yesterday and said, look, I appreciate all that you do. I know that you work so hard. That means more than anything anybody could ever say. You know, when your husband tells you that, uh, it just means a lot. Women and uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whoever's listening live or on demand, I really want you to know that your first purpose in life was really created for you to glorify God. All that we glorify, all that we do glorifies him. It doesn't mean that you have to be somewhere behind a full pitter in ministry like that, but you can be taking your ministry that he's placed inside you, your ministry of kindness, your ministry of business, your ministry of being able to tutor people, encourage people, whatever it be, baking good biscuits. You know, somebody needs to be able to bake some good biscuits, you know. <laughs> somebody needs to be able to do something, you know, make some collard greens. to me, on the line, I would love some. Yeah, I know, right? I know, I would too. Barbecue in the house. Look, be with Sharia this next weekend. Um, she's going to give you the dates again. Be at Castor Pearl. Go on to the website, shestores.com, or visit my website, uh, The Process 319 Unleashed with Dawn Marie. You can get information there. We want you guys to join She Stores so that we can pour into you and you can pour into us your greatness. Go ahead, Sharia, and tell us a little bit more about how they can join your network event uh, coming up uh, next week. Yes, and what I want to say is coming up next week, go to SheSource.com and in the events section for the details, and I'm asking everyone to please go to our Facebook and Twitter page and like us and follow us. And to help us raise awareness on pregnant with cancer, please go to Castro Pearl's Facebook page and like us, please. We want to move mountains and get this word out and bless individuals who, um, with cars and food baskets, organic fruits and vegetables, we want to help cancer patients and cancer survivors. So please like us on Castro Pearl's on Facebook and like us on she at she stores on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, be authentic. It is up to you to live the life that you've been called to live. Take off the mask. 
be the mentor. And also, if you need anything from Sharia mentoring, guidance in your business, check out the webpage. Send her an information so that she can help you guys. Look, I'll talk to you guys next week and see you on Thursday for some great teaching. Bye. I can be free just being me.